Genesis 28, starting in 10. It says, Now Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. And when he had reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending. Somebody say ascending and descending on it. And there above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you and wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. Somebody say amen. And when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? Come on, heart of the bay. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Somebody say amen. I want to talk to you tonight for about four hours about the process of God. About the process of God. I, I started looking into the scripture because I was in the process. And in that process, there were a lot of times that I had no clue what was going on. Somebody say amen. I was in Four years of solitary confinement. Somebody say amen. It was four years, and I was ready as we entered into this year. I guess I go, okay, I guess another year. So I was looking to do another year. Somebody say amen. And so right now I'm happy with my hair so nappy because I'm fresh out. Come on, somebody. I just got out of solitary confinement. Now I have a better understanding of what God was doing in my life throughout this whole entire process. The scripture says that the light came, but the darkness did not understand it. And so I was in darkness and the light would come. It would come, but I was in such a deep darkness in what was going on in my life that, that I didn't understand what the light was doing. And sometimes when you're in the process of God, he's working in you, but you're in such a dark place or even you could call it a desert that you don't understand what he's doing. It's a very dangerous place, but tonight we're going to get perspective on, on how to make it through those type of hardships. Somebody say amen. And so when he speaks here he, in, in the uh, scripture in um, Genesis 27, in verse number 7, it says, And Jacob had obeyed his father and mother, and he, he had gone to Padam Aram. Padam Aram means a place that's high up. Or to rise up. So God in Jacob's life was starting the process. He stopped in Padam Haram because God was wanting him to know that he wanted to raise him up. And we get excited 
when we hear about God raising us up. We get excited when we hear that God has a plan for us and he wants to work in us. And that all sounds good, right? Man, God's going to take me higher. God's going to you know, raise me up. Come on, somebody. And we get excited about that. But then as he's there learning that God wants to raise him, God wants to work in his life, the next place that he goes is Beersheba. And Beersheba is a city in the desert of southern Israel. Come on, somebody. It's rough in the south sometimes. Come on now. And Beersheba is 500 miles from Haran. So Beersheba being the desert in Haran, meaning mountaineer or mountainous place. So God took Jacob through the desert. He took him through Beersheba. And he began to work with inside of Jacob's life. He began to take him through this process where he was in a dry place and he didn't really understand what it is that God was doing in his life. So he's traveling this distance of 500 miles. We don't know if it's by horse. Uh, more than likely was. Because it's kind of hard for a brother to walk 500 miles. Somebody say amen. So he's traveling a distance. So he's in this process for a little while. Some of you have been in the process of God for a little while. You're in a desert place, but you can't give up. You're in a desert place, but you can't cop, stop coming into the presence of God. You can't stop coming into the house of God because God's going to get you through it. God's going to give you a breakthrough. God's going to make a way. You're going to be the head and not the tail, but you got to stay the course. you got to stay the process. you got to know that God is always with you no matter how you feel. Sometimes you don't feel like God is with you. I didn't feel like God was with me at times, but I knew that I had to keep standing. I knew that I had to come into the presence of God and that God would give me glimpses and God would begin to speak to me, but then I'd leave and I'd still be in that process. I'd still be in that uncomfortable place. Somebody say amen. And I'd come and I'd get a glimpse, especially when pastor would start speaking on vision taking cities and he starts talking about his process and I go okay he does understand because in my mind naturally I thought maybe he doesn't understand I'm a very transparent person somebody say amen and I don't mean that in a bad way though I was like I'm going through this and I don't want to cry to nobody I'm in this process somebody say amen I'm in solitary confinement I'm in darkness right now and I don't know how long this is going to last I don't know how long this is going to take place and so I'm in the desert but I'm knowing some way somehow God would speak to me but it didn't seem like what he was saying was going to happen soon two weeks ago he spoke to me and said I'm preparing you for something great but because of the way I felt and how much darkness I felt in my life I didn't know when that great thing was coming I didn't know how far ahead it was somebody say amen I didn't know for a moment even though I've seen God do it but I didn't know for a moment that from one day to the next God can turn your life around 180 degrees somebody say amen so that's why you can't give up. 
That's why you got to keep pressing toward the mark because in any day now, any day now, some of you right now, God is about to turn everything around for you. You're going to get the right job. You're going to get the right direction. You're going to get the right word because that's how God operates. He'll let somebody go through some things. Like I had to go through it for you. I had to take the bullet for you so that I can take that experience and begin to help you and begin to let you know that you're going to make it through that process because God Almighty, he's with you and he'll never forsake you. Somebody say amen. You're here today. You're in the process. You're going through it. You're not going to tell anybody. Not everybody's going to say, I'm in the process. Some of you look at me and say, oh, well, you was in darkness. Oh, you couldn't handle it. Oh, you're a pastor. Yeah, I was in darkness. It was difficult. But guess what? I kept standing. I kept staying. I kept waiting on the Lord because I knew eventually I'd get that feeling back again. Albert Loma wrote me. And he said, I had been in his heart a long time. Well, I go, you should have said something a long time ago then. Amen, somebody. But he told me, he said this. He goes, you were in darkness and in confusion. And he says, you were there for a while. He goes, you were in my heart. I wanted to reach out to you. He goes, when I saw you there in the heart of the bay the last time I was there, I saw you standing. He, he says, he's doing it. Because in his words, he said, I don't know if I could have did it through your transition, through what he saw me go through. He says, I don't know if I could have did it. And when he came and he saw me standing, he says, he's doing it. He's doing it. He's hanging on, even though he don't understand what happened. One day I'm in a church, and the next day I'm not there. One day this plan and that idea is coming that we're going to do this and we're going to do that. We did none of this or none of that. Nothing was coming to pass. Nothing was making sense. Loyalties were being tested. Should I stay? Should I go? Should I start my own ministry? Even that came. Somebody say amen. Huh? I go, but I won't do it because I know Greg won't come. Somebody say amen. Huh? I was going through it, a lot of things going on, a lot of things taking place in my thought life. Somebody say amen. And then he wrote that to me, and when I read the words, God had already you know, transitioned us, and we were already going to do Richmond, but when he, when he read the words, from my, I read it from his message, it broke me. I've broken and cried so many times, something I haven't did in a while, but it broke me. I go, man, this guy understood, but he's a day, a dollar short and a day late. Somebody say amen. Should have told me you understood, but guess what? Just like everything my wife and I said, God had us in a position when it, when it, where it wasn't about who understood. It was about what he was trying to do with inside of our life. It was about the strength that he was putting with inside of us. It was about the roots that he was connecting underneath of us so that we could stand under any storm and any circumstance, but that would come our way. Somebody say amen. And that's what God is doing in you. He's preparing you so that you'll be able to stand against circumstances. You'll begin to stand against the attacks of the enemy. That you won't waver. That you'll stay focused. That you'll get a thought and you'll stay committed to that thought because God gives you a promise. And as you stay the course, the promise will eventually come to pass because that is the way that God operates. He does not break his word. Somebody say amen. Get a word from God. We've been fasting. How many got a word from God? 
You might not feel that word, but it's a word from God that you got to stand on. You got to go by faith because from one day to the next, God can turn your life completely around for his honor and his glory. Somebody say amen. I didn't stand on my own. I stood because of God. God only gave me enough to stand. I was a guy that whenever you saw me, I always had a victory. Come on, somebody. I always even, if you needed some victory, I had a stash for you too. Somebody say amen. This time around, I didn't have nothing for you. I was hanging on to it. It was my last hit. Somebody say amen. I wasn't going to give it up. Say amen. You know when you got a lot, you share, right? Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. When you got a lot, you share, right? I didn't have a lot. I had to hold on to it. Say amen. I'm the guy that you sit with and eat pizza, and I see the last slice. I go snatch it before you do. Somebody say amen. I don't mean to be that way, but that's just the way it is. Somebody say amen. I'm a giver, but I got to think about me sometimes. Say amen. See, verse 11, verse 11, come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. You're all in now, right? Come on now. It says, when he reached a certain place, he stopped. He stopped for the night because the sun had set. He stopped because it got dark. And sometimes in the midst of darkness, you ain't got no business moving all around because you're just going to bump your head. Somebody say amen. So he stopped when the sun went down. So you got to know, Pastor Stevon, he, he knew. I'm sure he wanted some action. He wanted to see if at least I had a knife. Come on, somebody. Huh? As long as he's got a knife, I know when he got to do it, he'll do it. Somebody say amen. But. The sun had set in my life, and it had gotten dark. And God was telling me that I needed to be still. But I didn't want to be still. I wanted to put in work. I wanted to get busy for God. I wanted to help build something. My last words, we talked. I want to help you. I wanted, I'm going to help you. Don't look at me like I'm holding out. Man, I want to get down. Somebody say, man, I know I'm skinnier, but I can still do it. Come on, somebody. Huh? I wanted to get busy. That's the talk. That's, you know, and the Lord knew that. And, but again, I'm in this process, right? How many have been in the process? Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. That was another problem. God was telling me to sleep. Because when you go to sleep, what happens? You dream. But I didn't want to go to sleep. I was a spiritual crackhead. Someone say amen. I want to stay awake. I don't want to go to sleep. I want to do something. I'm watching. I'm looking. I want to get down. I want to help the team. I want to compliment. I want to do things. I tell Pastor Stephen, I want to get busy. It just feels so awkward. You know, 21 years of pastoring, you're like, how do you do this when you're not the pastor? I'm a pastor, but I wasn't the pastor. So I'm trying to figure out how you do it. I see Toby grabbing people. I said, man, he grabbed the one I wanted, man. I said, you know, come on, somebody. Pastor Stevon got the good ones, too. You know, he's the pastor. He got, you know, he gets the first pick. Come on, somebody. Huh? So I was like, who am I? I start seeing people. Say, let me, 
let me grab him, get this one. And, and it almost felt sometimes like the favor to have influence with people wasn't there the way that it had been before. And I just felt like you're telling me to do something that seems easy or asking me, but it felt difficult because God said, I just want you to sleep because I'm going to speak some vision into your life. So you have to know when God is telling you to sleep so that he can get a hold of you. Somebody say amen. Let's look at verse 12. Don't sleep right now. You're going to listen. Come on, somebody. Some of you are trying to go to sleep. It says he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abram, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land in which you are lying. Come on, somebody. See, the stairway, it was resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God descending and ascending. Ascending means to increase in size or importance. It means sloping or, or leading upward. It means to arrange from the smallest to the largest. It means to be growing. It means to be moving or progressing to a higher level. So these angels, they're ascending and descending. And when you're in the process, when you're in the seasons of God, there are times you're ascending. There are times you're growing. There are times you're going forward. There are times that God is raising you. But then there are times when you're descending, where you're going back into a valley so that God can mold you and God can shape you and God can do things with inside of your life. So heaven was speaking to Jacob saying as these angels were descending and ascending that you're about to go into a season where there's going to be times when you're down, times when you're not feeling yourself, times when you don't know what's going on. But then there's going to be times where I'm raising you, where there's going to be times when you have victory. There's going to be times when you're ready for battle, when you're ready for war, when you got passion, when your cup is filled. But then there'll be other times when it's not that way because you're in the process of God. See, ascending and descending. Descending means to move or fall downward. Why were the angels descending and ascending? Because there's mountains and there's valleys. In the Christian experience, in the heart of the bay, even though we're in one of the greatest churches in the Bay Area, as God is working with inside of your life, you're going to go through valleys and you're going to go through mountain times and you're going to have to know what it is that God is doing with inside of you because we don't want to stay in darkness no longer than we have to. Somebody say amen. But you'll still go through those times. Some of you are going through that now. You're going through that now. Man, sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down. Some of you think I'm talking about marriage. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about life. Life is difficult. You have to tune in and understand the seasons of God. You have to know, and I knew that nothing's in vain in God, that God uses everything 
And even though I knew God used everything, and even though I knew God would speak to me, and even though I got, that God was saying things to me, and I would feel the presence of God, I still did not always understand what God was doing. But I'll admit, he was working on pride. He was working on me that no matter what I was going through, no matter what was taking place, no matter, listen to me, how, how painful it was, that I would still learn to live a surrendered life that I wouldn't pull back. Some of you right now, the Lord said, don't pull back. Don't pull back. Just surrender. If you feel it, good. If you don't, good. You just got to surrender. You have to know deep down in your heart of hearts that Jesus Christ is the best thing that happened to you. And that you and I are nothing without him. And it could only get where I'd rather suffer with God than suffer without him. Come on, somebody. Give God a hand. Come on, give him a big, big, big hand today. So I was learning to suffer with God rather than be away from God. I wanted to be in his will. Somebody say amen. Let me give you another verse. And, um, Psalm 73. We're about to close pretty soon, a couple minutes. And before I, you know, work with the Psalm 73, see, to descent also means a, a, a deviation or where you come from of your ancestors. And so as you're going through a process, you have to know Pastor Sonny went through a process. See, the more pain, the bigger the ministry. The more suffering, the bigger the ministry. The more things you endure, the greater influence you will have. Our founders, our leaders in Victory Hours, there are many, many that stayed the course, but there are many that they did not stay the course, and it wasn't a good ending when they didn't stay the course. It's better to stay the course. It's better to stay on fire. It's better to stay committed. It's better to stay sold out. It's better to press forward no matter what you're going through because God is going to make a way and you're going to be a better individual at the end of the day. Somebody say amen. Our ancestors went through it. Huh? Our lineage, where we come from, Pastor Steve, Sister Josie, they went through it. They paid a price. There was much hardship, but the heart of the bay is still on the map because they learned how to go through the process, even though sometimes in the beginning it didn't look like it was going to work out. It didn't look like it, God was going to make a way. It didn't look like it was going to happen. But let me tell you something. Man and God look at success different. Man has to see all this action and all this stuff. You know all God has to see? You standing. You standing. You standing. As long as you're standing, as long as you're here, he's not worried about everything that you're doing. Just keep standing and go through the process, and he's going to get you to where he wants you to go. Somebody say amen. Just don't give up. Me, I, I wanted to put in work. He just said stand. Just Stand. Don't give up. Stand. I know you don't understand. I know I'm building something inside of you. I'm putting depth in you. I go, I'm already got enough depth. Quit messing with me. Come on, somebody. I felt like I was all right. But God wants me to move with this movement. This is a movement, Victory Outreach. We're all over the world. Do I want to be local or do I want to be part of the movement? Do I want a church or do I want to be? 
a church that's part of the movement. And these are things that God's doing in us. As I watch Pastor Stevan, he's part of the movement. He's building little by little. Sometimes he picks up the pace. Sometimes he slows it down. Sometimes he picks up the pace. Me and my wife go home. We both take 30-minute sermons to each other about Richmond. Bam, bam, bam. Boom, bam. We preach to each other. Oh, yeah. Then we say, oh, yeah, but we got to, you know, let them catch it. Let them get it. Let them heal. Let them bring unity. Got to get them together. Let's gel with them. Let's eat with them. Let's hang with them. Let's just bring quality and adjustments to what's already happening. And then, you know, as we see it gelling, we see it strong. When we see people coming to church, not because they have to, but because they want to, because there's such an excitement there, then we'll pick it up a little bit. Somebody say amen. We learned all that here. I didn't read it in a book. I, I watched right here. Somebody say amen. And, and so we, we, we look at where we came from, lineage. Got a little bit of time here, but a lot of nuggets. Someone say amen. And then a de derivation means uh, the obtaining or developing of something from a source is origin. See, we get all this depth and this character and, and being leaders from, from where we came from. From the beginning of Victory Outreach, they talked about leaders. They talked about men and women being raised up to inherit the desolate cities. It's part of our origin. It's part of our DNA. It's part of what Victory Outreach is all about. Who would have thought that one day, in, from one day to the next, that God was going to turn us around and that the heart was going to send us out to be a part of the movement in Richmond and help us to establish it and help us to get momentum and help us to know that you're not in the battle alone, that you got a family that's behind you and supporting you and rooting for you that loves you. Somebody say amen. That's what we got here. We recognize we're not alone. When we were in the East Coast, we were alone. We were pressing on alone. We were fighting alone. We were all by ourselves trying to pioneer at the same time. We were just trying to get it going. We got strength from that. We got insight from that. We made mistakes. We got tired. It was difficult, but we learned how to fight. We learned how to press in. We learned how to do God's will no matter what was taking place. Somebody say amen. It's because of our origin. It's because of where we came from. But now, that was local. We came here to learn to be a part of the movement of God. In closing, Psalm 73, I'm 51. That's why I'm breathing like this. Amen. Takes a lot to yell. That's why I don't yell at my kids too much. Say amen. Be all tired. And they start saying, the old man is tripping. Come on, somebody. So in order to not hear that, I don't raise my voice a lot. Say amen. Because I don't want them to say what? The old man is tripping. Paul is tripping right now. Um, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I apologize. Amen. He was tripping, though, right, talking about me like that. He was. But I, I figured it out, though. See, I think he didn't understand my generation. Because we smoked PCP, we did all that. And, and he was a Mexican hippie, taking acid and all that stuff. <laughs> so, you know, they're tripping, say amen. They're on acid, they're hallucinating, tripping, the tutu and all this other stuff. You know, that's, that's a flashback, bro. That's a flashback. So, you know, don't take that stuff to heart. It's a flashback. He's tripping, amen. I do it sometimes too, say amen. So, but not like that, but something like it. Amen, somebody. 
Praise the Lord. Okay, let's, let's close it up. Are you getting something here tonight? All right, so let's close it then. Psalm 73, verse 2. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. And many times I thought I was going to slip. I thought I wasn't going to make it. But one of the precious things that God gave us here at the heart was an altar. See, we thought, I thought, I, I don't know how much longer I could have did it. Every time I came home, oh, I'm tired of going lifting. I t- you know how much I made? I did 33 rides. I averaged them out two days. I made less than $6 a ride. I'm tired of this. And my wife would, I'm like, come on now. She's speaking in tongues. She's speaking faith. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I was in such a dark place that she was saying the right things, but the darkness understood it not. And I was getting frustrated. I'm like, God, come on. What the heck is the lesson behind this? Amen. I was getting bummed out. My foot felt like it was going to slip sometimes. I felt like, you know, pay the price for what? Come on, somebody. Anyone home? Faith for what? I was praying. I was reading every day, reading, praying, fasting with you guys. I did three absolute fasts, and because of my medicine, I ended up with diarrhea. Somebody say amen. <laughs> I'm saying, what part of the game is that? Say amen. I'm trying to get spiritual, trying to be with the pastor. I just said it. It happens to all of us. Say amen. It could happen to you. Don't laugh. It could happen to you right before you leave. You might start running the bathroom now. Lock the bathrooms. Someone go lock the bathrooms. That's why I didn't come to church one day. I didn't want to be sitting here and have to run to the back. Look, see Greg. and Greg, get out, Greg. Greg, get out, man. I, 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 you know, come on now. Help a brother out. <laughs> so I'm missing church over sickness. Hey, I'm the guy that learned how to don't call in, crawl in. And now I'm like, I got I to gotta stay here, babe. I got to, you know, be right there by that thing. You know, it's right by my room, you know, so I jump up and get over there. Come on, somebody. I was like, what in the world is going on? Somebody say amen. I couldn't, I couldn't get a good day if you paid me. Say amen. That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. I'm going to close right now. I'm going to talk about desserts and stuff so you can get your mind out of there right now. You're oh, Lord, have mercy. You know, they got some people when you tell them stuff like they visualize it. They're like, whoa, my God. Oh, Lord, try to hide. Oh, no, because you just see everything. Come on, somebody. You say he was naked and not ashamed. You're like, oh, God, Lord, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. Oh, Job, Job said, naked I come, naked I go. You're, oh, Job, I don't want to see Job like that. Somebody say amen. People, some people are like that, amen, especially LSD people. Say amen. <laughs> Let's talk about footing. How important your footing is. I'm going to close it. Get the worship team. You guys come. Footing's important. Muhammad Ali, perhaps the greatest boxer of all time. He had a famous saying, I float like a butterfly and I sting like a bee. See, floating like a butterfly was in reference to his footwork. Any boxer knows that if they lose their footing, 
It is only a matter of time before they are defeated. I'd almost slip. I almost lost my footing. Aesop in that scripture is talking about the world. He's saying, man, the world don't get dealt with. I'm a Christian. I'm serving you. Man, they're all blessed. They're all rich. They got money. Life is going well for them. And here I am going through the fire. And Asaph, as God began to deal with him, come on, somebody. God began to deal with him, and he began to show Asaph, I don't, even, I don't want you to have that type of attitude. Don't be worrying about the world. Don't be worrying about the next guy, because I'm doing something in you. And I don't want you to pour that attitude into the next generation. And we have to be careful when God is dealing with us that we don't tell somebody he's not faithful, that we don't tell somebody he's not good, that we don't give up, that then we'll stop going to the house of God because what God is doing with you, don't worry about the next guy. He's working on you. Don't get an attitude. Don't get all where you're shrinking back. Don't get to where you're pouring false information into somebody else because God is trying to deal with you and God is trying to work in you and God is trying to mold you and God is trying to strengthen you. That through pain and darkness, he's expanding you, getting ready to enlarge your influence with people that I didn't think he was going to make it. But he did. I didn't think she was going to make it. But she did. She didn't look at everybody else. She didn't worry about nobody else. You don't need to worry about nobody else. God is working in you. Pour faith into somebody. Say, I don't know how it's going to happen, but God's going to make a way. I don't know when it's going to happen, but God's going to make a way. Because that's you saying, I'm not going to lose my footing. I'm going to float like a butterfly. Why? So that I can sting like a bee. Come on, somebody. So that I can be an impact person. So that I can be a victorious person. So that I can impact other people's lives. And that one that feels tore down, I can help build them up. Because I can remember when I was down that God was descending and then God was ascending. I was going up and sometimes down. But God was molding me and shaping me the whole time for such a time as this. That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. I had to go through all this for Greg. Because Greg one day is going to have a moment say amen. And I ain't talking about a senior moment. I'm talking about a time where he's trying to figure out. Paul, Pastor Devon, we all going to have the moments where God, what, what are you doing? What's going on? Because when you get in that place, you recognize I'm not in control. God's in control. The only one who could fix it is God. Greatest place to be in the world. Greatest mindset to have in the world. Because it's humility that I can't make it on my own. Only God can see me through. Somebody say amen. See, in, in fighting, in fighting with swords, as they did in the times of Roman legions, losing your foothold could mean death. So footgear was very important. In fighting face-to-face -face combat, their feet had to be planted solid in the Christian life. We need to be solid, have solid footing if we are going to walk the walk of faith and resist Satan. We must 
have our feet shod with the gospel of peace if we're going to learn to depend on God for the promises of peace, then we will not have the sure footing to be able to stand against Satan if we don't learn how to depend on God. When you're in this process, all you're doing is getting to a place where 100% I'm going to have to depend on God for this. I'm not going to be able to do it on my own. And I, I'm at a place right now, Victor Outreach Heart, where I am so grateful to God, so indebted to my leaders, Pastor Devon, all the people that, man, when they launched us out, we were surrounded by such support, a great support. And it was so amazing that, that God would orchestrate something like that to help me get out of my confinement that I was in. And it was on that day that God showed me. Not only was he with me, but so were many others. So were many others. And I'm grateful for that. I don't, I don't take it lightly. I'm so thankful today. I'm thankful for this process I was in because I had gotten to a place. I'm going to help somebody right now and close. But I had gotten to a place where the thanking of my leaders was just a cliche thing to say. It wasn't as meaningful as it needed to be. I always tried to hang on to gratitude, but some way, somehow, in the midst of my darkness, it began to slip away. And I would hear people, thank God for Pastor Son. I love Pastor Son. He spent time with me in New York, but it, it just wasn't in there the way it needed to be. Now I'll tell you something. When you go through times of darkness, it's the right soil for God to instill something very special inside of your life that when he makes a way for you, that you'll be so indebted to God, to victory outreach, to the leaders, to the type of ministry that we are, that you'll be unshakable. I've been broken. I've been broken this time. Because I just didn't know when I'd eventually get a breakthrough. And I've been in this for 30 years. Never in my life had I been through a time like that. But God showed me it was all for a reason. It was all for the timing now. I want to ask you to stand with me.